Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. My name is Joe Caminetti Sr. And I have the privilege of teaching the Warren online and Boardman campuses uh, simultaneously. And I'm excited about this year's resurrection message. I titled it Dash. And I'm referring to a tombstone and someone's birth and someone's death and We're talking about that dash that's in between the birth and the death. And that dash represents a whole lot, man. It represents, of course, their birth, first day of school, uh, first day of junior high, first day of high school, first job, marriage, um, kids. Just think of all that. Grandkids, great-grandkids, retirement. And then, of course, when that dash finally ends. And here's what's amazing. As human beings... We can literally have two dashes, and it's amazing. You can't have a dash without a death, so we'll talk about that. But here's something else that I find amazing. God has two dashes. Can you imagine that? And we're going to put that all together. We're going to have a great time. And I thought I'd open with a personal story, but I want you to make it yours. I want you to think about if your parents have gone on to heaven or your loved ones I want you to think about them as I talk about my mom and you see her tombstone behind me and she was born January 14th, 1928 in a a town in Southern Italy called Reggio Calabria and her dad wasn't even there when she was born because he came over here and he wanted to make enough money to bring the family over because back in those days, Southern Italians were oppressed by the Northern Italians. We still don't like them, you know. And uh, (laughs) there was no work. So that's why someone would get on a boat and come to a country they've never been to before, right? And so um, my mom's dad, my grandpa came here. He he got got a job with the railroads and he literally cut trees with a gang of guys and they made way for the railroads to be built. And every two years he'd go see his family and he was like in synchronization with the stork, because he'd leave, and nine months later, the stork would come, and there'd be another sibling there in my mom's family. Well, by 1938, he was able to bring his family over. My mom came here when she was 10, and she tells some fascinating stories, like during World War II, she, she stopped school at eighth grade because she had to go work in the factories. The guys were fighting the war. So here's this little eighth grader with all these other women working in factories. I think that's just absolutely amazing. And then... She met my dad, and they had their seventh son, no girl, seventh son, and my dad wanted to stop. He was struggling feeding six miles, and now he had seven, but my mom said, Jim, we can't stop, because they were really faithful Catholics, and at the time, the Catholic Church taught you can't practice birth control, so mom's like, we can't stop. We won't go to heaven if we break these rules, and my dad was so upset, so mom's in the hospital with Pat, my youngest brother, And dad goes to the doctor to take care of this thing. And of all things, he says, you need your wife's signature. So he jumps in his car. He drives around for 20 minutes. He tells us the story. Smoking some cigarettes. He forges my mom's name, (laughs) takes it back, gets taken care of. And then he... uh, He goes back to the doctor, or back to my mom, and and he tells her, hey, we're not going to have any more kids. And she begins to cry. She says, we're going to go to hell. My dad said, no, I'm going to go to hell. You're safe. I did this, right? (laughs) 
my dad concluded, here's what my dad told me. He said, you know what, if that's the God I was serving, if, he, if, if he's, you know, upset because I couldn't have one more kid, then I, I don't care, you know, my dad just made that decision. Then at 51, my mom uh, accepted Christ as her savior and something really amazing happened in her life. And I'll never forget her last day, December 31st, 2016, and we're sitting at the hospital, my brothers and I and my dad, we're just sitting there, mom's not coherent. And then the hospital said, you have to leave. So everybody left, it was my turn, they allowed one to stay overnight. So I'm staying overnight, and I'll never forget the, the clock struck midnight, and it's now 2017, January. And I don't know, an hour or so passed, I'm holding my mom's hand, playing worship music on my phone, and I saw her complete her dash. And I smiled, it hurt, I cried too but I smiled because she really did a great job completing her dash, and I knew where she went. And so we're gonna talk about that today. If you're visiting, here's how I like to do a lesson. I like to have what I call a big idea, and this is what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And here's my big idea for this lesson. Our dash determines our future, and it really does. And your dash determines your future. And as a human, we can have two dashes, but again, what fascinates me is the fact that God has two dashes. Because you have to die to have a dash, but God has two dashes. And you know, we're living in a day and age, I'm really into sci-fi movies, by the way, just so you know that, I'm not anti-sci-fi, but we're living in a day where people are saying, God's an alien, and I'm like, eh, I don't know, aliens always die in our movies, right? And, and so, I'm thinking of the first Predator movie. If you're younger and you've never watched Predator with Arnold, the first one, you gotta watch it. And I'll never forget, he found a leaf with green blood on it, and it was the alien's blood, and Arnold said, if it bleeds, we can kill it, right? And, uh, and he knew right then, man, this is not a god, right? It's not a god, it's an alien. But God is different than that. And let me show you an incredible scripture. This is Psalm 90, verse one. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And this is an amazing statement. The, the word everlasting, the Hebrew word, same one used both times, it means eternal, it means perpetual. And so when you think of God, and it's hard to place our minds around it, he has no beginning and he has no end. And I'm kind of cool with that because if I can figure God out, he's not worth following, right? But he is God, and we can't figure him out with these heads, but he puts faith in our heart to believe the scriptures, and I know he did that with me. When I thought he didn't exist anymore, and I just came, I was 18 years old, 19, I didn't think God existed. He invaded my life, and he put this thing, like he did for so many of you, called faith into my heart. So God, who is from everlasting to everlasting, how does he have a dash? I mean, he just never stops, never started. That's amazing. But he chose to create a dash so he could have us and have this relationship with human beings. And I wanna show you a scripture where we see the first dash being formed, God's first dash. And take a look at John 1.14. The word became flesh. Now this is referring to when Jesus was born. Another holiday, right? Christmas. The word became flesh. The word here is Jesus. And made his dwelling among us, humanity. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son. So we know it's Jesus. And John's the one that saw him transfigured on the mount. That's really amazing. He saw him as God. He saw his glory. And he goes on to say, who came from the Father, 
full of grace and truth. And we'll find out why Jesus came and what that dash that's all about. But I wanted you to know who the word was. We wanna go back up to verse one. Check this out, guys. It goes like this. In the beginning was the word or Jesus. That word beginning, it's a very important word. It's referring to when God created time. It's when he created the universe as we know it. And it says, in the beginning was the word or Jesus, and the word or Jesus was with God, that's the Father, and the word was God, three persons, one God, can't wrap my head around that neither. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So think about it. God created this thing called the beginning. And, and I know, especially for younger ones, but myself too, my age, you know, sometimes we hear people say, well, the Bible can't be true because the earth is billions of years old. You know what, if you talk to Christian scientists, brainiacs, they, they, they can help you understand that. So I'm not gonna take time in this lesson to try to prove that. But I know when I met Jesus, I, I, know, I know who God is. And this is what he did. He created time as we know it, the universe. And the universe is like a big time clock and we have the earth circling the sun and then the universe circling. God created time. It didn't exist before this time. Think about it. It did not exist. And that's why we say of God, he stands above time. That's why the Bible says he knows the beginning all the way to the end because he created time. And this is when he made his first dash and he made it just for us. So if God had a tombstone, which he doesn't, right? But if he did, we could say there's a monument up in heaven for this event. It did happen. And take a look at what God's first dash looks like. We have never, never had a beginning, eternity, to the beginning. And that's when God decided to interact with mankind. And I love reading the first several chapters of Genesis when the Bible says God came down in the cold of the night, dusk, right? And he hung out with Adam and Eve. How cool would that be? Well, he wants to do that with us in the future, right? And he just hung out with them, had a relationship with them, but then they sinned. And then there was a separation, but God knew it was gonna happen. As a matter of fact, before the beginning, Jesus said to the Father, he said, I know they're gonna sin. I'm going to come and I'll redeem them. God, God knew all that was gonna happen before it happened. Jesus loved you so much, he wanted us so much. He said, I'll, I'll be the one to go into the human body and I'll die for them. And here's mankind's first dash. Take a look at this, guys. It's our creation through mankind's redemption. And that dash is long. That dash has some Bible characters that are pretty cool, right? Abraham's in that dash, and he's the father of faith, and he's the one God said, I want you to leave your country and go to another country. And then we have King David. He's in that dash. He killed a, the Goliath the giant with a, with a little stone, right? And then we have Daniel. Uh, the king loved Daniel. He's, he's living in a strange nation, anti-God nation, and he's a Jewish guy living the Jewish way. And the king actually loved him, but they entrapped the king, and they had to throw Daniel in a lion den. Lion's den. They had these hungry lions. They weren't feeding them. God shut their mouths, and Daniel had a lion pillow that evening. And when the king came in the morning, the king was shocked. He said, Daniel, are you okay? And he saw Daniel. He accepted the Jewish God, and that whole nation had a revival for that time. And I really believe God's going to do that in our nation. I really believe we're going to see something really special in this time and age in which you and I are living. And I just think of all these Bible characters. Then I think about you and I, and I think about mankind in our existence, 
And here's what the Bible says about every single one of us before we meet Jesus. It reads like this, Romans 3.23. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. That means we're born sin-stained. I like how verse 10 says it. As the scripture says, no one is good. This is before we meet Jesus. No one in all the world is innocent. No one has ever really followed God's path or even truly wanted to. Everyone has turned away. All have gone wrong. No one anywhere was, uh, has kept on doing what is right, not one. When I read this after accepting Jesus, I'm 20 years old then, I read this and I thought, well, this is true of me, but this is not true of my mama. My mom's an angel. And I thought, this isn't true of my grandmas. We called one grandma, one nana. I said, they're angels. And I really struggled with this. I said, now, my dad and my grandpa said, yes, they, they fall into this category. <laughs> Just like I do, right? They were rowdy guys. And I, I said, yeah, they, they've sinned, but not mama, not nana, not grandma. But then I finally realized, you know what? As I watched, they sinned too. They had moments of anger. They gossiped. My mom cussed a few times. My brother Mike and I caused her to do it, you know. And I realized we were the only two brothers that brought that out of her. So, so I realized that, and I said, well, they're grandma bad. That's not that bad. But all of us are sin-stained, right? So you go, you go from grandma and mama bad, you go to really bad, right? And I was doing my daily Bible reading, right through, read through the Bible in a year when I was putting this message together, and I saw a character and he went really bad. This is how bad a human can be, guys. His name's Ambimelech, and he was Gideon's son. And Gideon had 70 boys. Can you imagine? That means he also had a ton of daughters. 70 boys. And Ambimelech was the son of one of his servants. And so he felt like he didn't belong. And Gideon died, and when he died, Ambimelech knew. He said, I'm not getting any inheritance, and I'm not gonna be anything in this world. So he had a big party. He called 69 of his brothers and he murdered them all except one. One, one, one slipped away and he, Gideon didn't worry about him. But he killed 68 brothers so he could become the king and take the inheritance. Can we all agree that's pretty evil, right? That's, that's really evil. So we can, we can go from grandma bad all the way up to there and I was thankfully in the middle, but uh, it's still bad, right? And then we have a modern figure, and you're always wonder, should I mention this name in church or not? But I think it fits. Adolf Hitler, right, guys? Chancellor of Germany, responsible for World War II. And 50 million people died because of World War II. He's responsible for 50 million deaths. He was so evil that six of those million guys were Jewish people. He believed Jewish people were the cause of all problems on planet Earth. So he, he killed six million Jews in the gas chambers. That's pretty bad. That's really bad. So humanity can go from grandma bad all the way up to this bad. But all of us, no matter who we are, we're sin-stained. So guess what God did? God created a second dash, and I like the second dash. Here it is, from the coming of Jesus to the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I'm so glad God intervened. The first one was the beginning, I wanna create mankind. The second one was, I'm going to save mankind. And here we literally had a death. God didn't die, but the body Jesus was in, it died. And, and Jesus took the sins of the whole world. And that's what we're celebrating, that resurrection part, the end of the second dash, guys. And here's a very famous scripture. And I wanna read the one after, that's what I'm really after. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Listen to this, you ready? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And when Jesus came, he didn't point the finger at us. He didn't say, you're no good, you're lousy. When God began to deal with my heart and I had a guy sharing Jesus with me, he wasn't condemning me. I already knew I was a sinner, but I kept hearing, hey, you can't get to heaven by your works. I came to save you. And so many of you listening right now, you've heard the same thing. You responded to the same Jesus. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to save us. And that's what Resurrection Sunday, that's what Easter's all about, guys. And I want you to just think about it. Just celebrate a good Friday. Jesus died. And then he said he would raise up on the third day. So the Jewish religious leaders were nervous about that. They thought his disciples might steal his body. So they had a ton of Roman soldiers guarding his grave. And just so you can imagine, if you go to Israel, you'll see this. When you go to Israel, they'll tell you there's, there's two possible sites that are his grave. So they, they know it's one of them, but they don't know which one. And they're, they're both like a cave and they carved it out and you go in and they have a place it's not big, where you just lay the body. And then they had this huge stone round and they would roll it over. So that stone's rolled over, the Roman soldiers are guarding it. And then an angel came out of heaven, probably 12 foot tall, right? Came out of heaven, the glory got all over him. The soldiers fell back. He moved the stone and Jesus came up from the grave. And guys, Borman, TCI, online Warren, can we give it up and say, thank you, Jesus, right? That's amazing. It's amazing. He came out of that grave as the savior. And the two Marys were coming to put some flowers in front of the grave. They didn't have any idea Jesus was gonna raise from the dead. The angels stayed. This is pretty cool. God has a sense of humor. He's sitting on the top of that, that, that cover, that round cover. He's just sitting there waiting for the two Marys. And that had to freak them out, right? So Matthew 28, five reads, the angel said to the women, they see him, they see this 12 foot guy, glory of God all over him. Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. And this is God's second dash. And it's so powerful. It's so amazing because God's asked people like me and all of us Christians, that's why so many of you were invited this weekend because, man, we just love people. And there had to be a day in my life where I heard this incredible message. And I was raised in church. I was raised Catholic, and I, I heard all about Jesus, but I never met him. And then my brother died when I was just turning 18, and I became so bitter with God, and I just came to a place where I didn't believe he existed. But, man, God opened up my eyes, and I believe he's gonna do that this weekend for many of us that are here. And that creates mankind's second dash. And here it is, guys, you ready? The new birth, that's when we accept Jesus. And notice how it never ends. So we're all gonna have that gravestone, right? We're gonna have that gravestone somewhere in the future, our birth, the dash, and all the way to when we died. But guys, you and I literally have uh, two tombstones, really. We have two of them in the spirit realm as a memorial for what's happened in our life. And, and all of us have this one. And when I say the new birth, I wanna make sure we all understand what happened. So when, when I discovered this years ago, I, I was so excited. You and I are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We possess a soul. That's our mind, our will, our emotions. We live in a body. Do you know that the real you, your spirit, looks just like your body? Only it's in perfect shape. If, if you have a scar on your body, 
it's not on your spirit. That's the real you. And when you were born into this world, it was sin stained because of Adam and Eve's sin. Well, when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the Lord, God literally killed that guy, took him out and put a new guy inside you. And here's why the, what the Bible says about it. Listen to this, Galatians 2.20. This is for all Christians, right? If you accept Christ as your savior. I have been crucified or put to death with Christ and I no longer live. When you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven, the old you died. And it goes on and says, but Christ lives in me. And I like the scripture, it explains it even a little better, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person. Now we understand it. The body didn't change. I didn't have any extra hair come when I accepted Jesus, right? Nothing changed on the outside. He becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. And this is the new birth, guys. The old guy died, a new guy came in. So I wanna show you my two tombstones that actually exist in the spirit realm. Someday we're gonna see them. And here's my first one, Joseph Caminetti Sr. I was born December 10th, 1958. And somewhere in October of 78, I accepted Christ a couple months before I turned 20. And I lived a life that was far from God, didn't believe in God. But there came a day where I said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. And that Joe died. And everyone in this room that's accepted Christ, you have one of these too. And that's when you died. And when we come to understand that, that changes our life. Remember, our, our dash, it literally impacts our future, guys. And my future was impacted forever. And God gave me a new tombstone. You might say, you're still alive. No, no, watch, Here, here's our second tombstone. If you accept Jesus, you have this one too. And it goes like this. Joseph Caminetti, October 1978, when I met Jesus. The old guy died. This is the new guy now. And notice how it just keeps going on forever. And even when I die physically and there's that real tombstone, this is who I really am. And we leave our body and we go up and we live for eternity with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about our tombstones that declare the old us died, the new, got, the new one of us came. And I wanna ask this question for everybody in Borman, everybody online, TCI here in the Warren campus. Here's my question. What will you do with your dash? line between the start and the end the space between the numbers written on the tombs of man a simple word that carries weight from what it represents the past the future and forever in the present tense every triumph every victory every failure every tragedy every person all humanity what have we done with the space between nations rise and kingdoms fall meet their demise from the weight of it all dash the line that defines the fate of the world there is not but a single exception no one can reach this perfection armed with the best of intentions but lost without sense of direction in desperate need of redemption a savior was sent from the heavens he offered connection he offered redemption
I'd like to have one of those at the end of every, every one of my messages, man. It's, they created that in-house. Can we give it up one more time and say, great job, man. It's amazing. I want to take a moment. I want to speak to everyone that's here. So many of us, we've changed our dash, and there are going to be some of you that have not yet, and I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I'll never forget at 19, someone kept telling me about Jesus and at first I didn't want to hear it. Then there came that day where my heart was open and they told me to turn on a TV. Can you imagine this before the internet? And I turn on a TV and I hear a preacher and I'm just listening to a whole hour show. And all I know is at the end when they said, hey, Jesus died for you so you can live. If you want to pray, pray. And I knelt down in my office and I, I prayed that prayer with the preacher and I gave my heart to Jesus. It was like a light went on was amazing. And just think, before that prayer, I didn't believe God existed. I came to the place where I didn't even believe he existed. I was totally bitter, living a crazy life, and God opened my eyes. And he was wanting to do that this weekend. And it's not because of me, it's because of Jesus, guys. And right now, he's speaking to some hearts, some of you online, some of you TCL, some of you right here in this room. He's speaking to your hearts. And here's what you need to understand. God loved you so much, Jesus died for you. God raised him out of the grave. And he said, 
whoever believes in me, I will save them. He said, our works can't get us there. And if you're listening right now and you say, you know what, my heart's touched, I'd like you to pray with me. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes? And, and if you're doing this for the first time, all you have to do is mean it. I'll help you in it, but you say it and you mean it. Can the rest of us help them pray? Can we help them out? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a savior. I repent of all my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You came to the earth. You died on that cross. God placed my sins and the sins of the entire world on you. You came out of that grave. And this day, I receive you as my Savior. And I declare, you are Jesus, the Son of God, my Savior. Amen. Now, heads are bowed, eyes closed. Listen, listen. We're all in prayer. If you prayed that prayer, you may not have felt anything, but the old you's dead. There's a new you inside you. God gave you the gift of eternal life. And again, you may not feel anything. You know what else is happening right now? The Bible teaches that if one person on planet earth prays and accepts Jesus, that God himself and all of heaven celebrate. I just think this weekend there's a continuous celebration going on. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.